When I say praise the Lord, you say hallelujah. That's like Ghana. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Then you are spiritual people. But when I say praise the Lord, you don't say hallelujah. Amen. Yes, um, <clears throat> I'm here again. It's 24 months, uh, one year, almost, when I, I came here. Looks like three weeks. And some people, I had a conversation with some people, and they're asking, was I here in the early part of this year? I said, no, it was one year ago. Yeah, so I want to thank God for the opportunity to be here again, made possible by, by the grace of God and through Pastor Tim again, inviting me or welcoming me and everybody welcoming me. So thank you very much. Um, and then also for the opportunity to give me uh, the opportunity to share some words. I just want to bring one message across this evening. And if it concerns you and me, then we try to respond to it because um, all about the word of God is what God can use a man to say. God can use a pastor to say. There is no other miracle we can do. This is the biggest miracle. It's already cooked. It's already done. Sometimes too much is expected from a pastor or a preacher. And there's nothing we can do. We are flesh and blood. The difference is God calls us on the way. And so when the word of God comes, then it's, it's up to you to respond. If you don't respond, nobody will catch you. This is, this is not Islam. This, again, this is not, are you going to worship Allah or Jesus? If you choose Jesus, I'll kill you. If you don't choose Jesus and you choose Allah, then you have your life. We don't have that. What we have is God will be calling for your heart. And it's up to you to be able to tell, well, I can see God. But sometimes you can see God clearly. But you think Pastor Tim is not preaching well. The standard is not up to when I should come out and give my life to Jesus. So you have your own standard. But his ways are not our ways. As the heavens are far higher than the earth, so is his ways. So many than our ways. So I want us to bow our heads in prayers. And then I'll go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, shall we pray? We came here this morning and you divided and broke your bread for us. You shed your blood for us, and we partook of your communion. And Father, your word is here again to come. I got my portion of the communion. Everybody here who came got their portion. And I pray that as this word also comes out, you will give each and every one of us our portions. Open our hearts and minds. Take off the stony hearts. Give us a receptive heart, open our eyes of understanding to see and to know you, to perceive and to know and to respond to you. We thank you and we bless you. We arrest every opposition that is not of you here 
And everything that stands against your will, we arrest it in the name of Jesus. And we release your presence. We release your presence. And we release your presence. Your presence alone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 In Ghana, we say your amen is weak. Amen. 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 Ah, then, then, then there is life in your amen. Um, so once again, thank you, Pastor Tim, for bringing me. I want to read a very lengthy scripture. Sometimes we try to use revelations and we choose just one scripture and we dance around it and dance around it. And um, so because whilst the pastor is dancing around, turning scripture upside down and he's creating fun, then um, we are happy and he's a powerful preacher but when you pick the scripture and you want to read it from beginning to the end, oh, he's boring. Why is he reading so much long scripture? But the power is in the word. So when we read the word, maybe by the time I finish reading the scripture, God would have even spoken to, to some of us. He would have gotten So I want us to uh, read from John chapter 4, if possible, from... From, from verses 1 to 42. You know, this is about the story of the Samaritan woman, the woman by the well. Um, and I read, <clears throat> When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again, into Galilee. And he, he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink. Thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw water, and the well is deep. From whence thou hast thou that living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children? And his cattle, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him <coughs> shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing unto eternal life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. 
Don't come here. What is it? Don't, don't get near this water. Do that your miracle and bring out the water. Don't, don't fetch this water. He was actually speaking against Jesus. It's not about liking what Christ is saying, but he's saying, don't walk to the world. You don't have anything. Give me that water as a test, as a challenge. And what is Jesus said? Thomas said, don't give me this water. I test not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto him, go call thy husband. The topic has changed. Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and him and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband in that thou in that sayest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And I, I pray this evening that somebody will perceive that Jesus is a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. The woman has changed the topic again. Did you see that? Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, there are cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talk thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went, her, and went her, her way into the city and said unto the men, Come and see, which come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came in unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him out to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are four months, and then come at the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. And look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for 
the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that I ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. 42, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen. Is the word sweet reading it? Praise God. So, I want to share something that I call, you are not condemned. And it's a simple message. Now, this is, this is Jesus. The Bible talked about the fact that he's supposed to go to a particular place, all right? Uh, therefore, the Lord knew of, of the Pharisee, and then he, he left Judea. Verses 3 say he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. He was going to Galilee, not Samaria. And there's a fast route to take straight to Galilee. Yet, and then the Bible talks about the father, and he must needs go through Samaria. It became necessary. It became essential. It became very crucial and important to Jesus that he must go to um, Galilee straight through Samaria. Instead of going straight, easy way, he must go and pass through. I don't know your city, if you are going to Belfast, which is the fastest route. If, if Belfast is here and you have, to take to, you have to take this route to maybe Belfast city, wherever it is, right? And then there is the need for us to pass there, go there, and come round like twice the journey. Why? Because Samaria must change. The city of Samaria must receive the gospel. And whilst they were following Jesus, he has his divine instinct, divine, divine understanding. We have a plan. This is the plan. We are going to do the program in, in this place. We are going to Galilee. And all of a sudden, let's pass through Samaria. And when they got to Samaria, too, he said he's tired and he sat down. Okay, if you are tired, let's go find him some food. And Jesus, the reason why he has to go through Samaria was because somebody in Samaria must that day, that night, receive the gospel. If not, Samaria will perish, that person will perish, and Jesus did not come through Samaria again no more. Check the records. In fact, he said that, I send you to go out into the house of Israel and not Samaria when he, when he was alive. So this was the time that he went to pass through Samaria because there was a necessity. And I'm sure that um, Jesus is here to talk to somebody because there is the need for Jesus to, to come here and, and have somebody reconsider his thoughts, reconsider his position, reconsider whatever opinion you have about Jesus Christ, about Christianity, about salvation, and the timings that you have given to yourself. People are giving themselves times. This is the time I will serve the Lord next two years. And you guys are very uh, organized. You, you get what I mean? A very organized program you have. Uh, plan, you plan it and, and you work with the plans. No interruptions, no disruptions. But Jesus had a program to go to Galilee and it was interrupted by the Holy Spirit. 
So your own life, you may have your own plan, but you have to be receptive when Jesus wants to interrupt it. And interrupt it for your own good. Not for my good, not for Pastor Tim's good, not for even your neighbor, for your personal self good. And sometimes we hear it, but we don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Like Ghana, they say, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Nobody cares. But when you are saying you don't give a damn to whatever that guy is standing there saying from Ghana, whatever he is, I don't give a damn. You are, you are lying. You, 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 are, you, you give a damn. You, you are concerned. Why? Because Jesus is concerned about you. Now, this is the life of this woman. And, and let's take it this way. Now, you, you look at verses 16 to 18. And this is the woman <clears throat> who was in her sins, stealing people's husbands, and the one whose room he, she was coming from, out of, just this morning to fetch water, was not her husband. She was in fornication. She was in adultery. You may not be in fornication. You may not be in adultery. You may be in some addiction. You may be in some belief. You may be in pornography on the internet. You may be in anger, hate for somebody. You may have vowed, I will not, I'll be in this church. But I will never, ever agree to this thing. I will never, ever forgive that brother. I will never, ever forgive that sister. And sometimes, I will never forgive Pastor Tim. I will never forgive A. I will never forgive B. And you get surprised some of the things that are very little. And yet, they hold up in your heart, keeps you away from God. And you think that you are right. Yes, you are right. Who says you are not right? You have to be, look, you have to be right to be acting on your rights. So God knows you are right. And, and, and God knows the sister is wrong. But it is not for you to stand on your right for the distraction of somebody. And, and, and look at it. Even when you keep people in your heart, it's like poison. The poison is in you. It's, it's not in the person. So it's you who keep rotting and rotting, decaying and decaying, and dying daily. But you keep jumping around, yes, I'm right. And when issues happen in church or wherever, we don't talk about matters in family and in church to determine who is first or who is last, who is first and who is second. It's about where is peace and where is life, where is truth and where is salvation. So sometimes you may be right, but you have to accept that you are wrong. The Bible said if for righteousness sakes you are condemned, happy are you. So why do you think that if, so what the scripture says, when you are right, but they said you are wrong, rejoice. That lifestyle is no more, it's gone. It's about my right, my right, human right, human right. But this is kingdom right. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, when you read the Bible, say, Ye have heard of old, you have been told that when somebody does this to you, you to do that. But I say, the order has changed. Human right says this, the kingdom right says that. Is it about your human right 
Oh, it's about the kingdom's rights. The rights of the kingdom are the reverse. The human kingdom says, take your righteousness and have your way. The kingdom of God's right says, if anybody slap you here, don't go away. Stand, call him back, turn the other one, let him slap again. Well, that's a literal interpretation. That's a literal saying. That means to the extent if people do, no matter how they, they treat you badly, let them go. This part of the world, you, you step on somebody and you are in trouble. The little thing, you are in trouble. And people fight over words. It was his hair, I, little, little words. And what it means? No, we, we don't have that time. We don't have that time. The kingdom doesn't have that time. God doesn't have that time. You can't stop Jesus Christ after he has stopped going to Galilee to come and have time to, to die on this world, in this world, for you. Coming to share the gospel with you. And you, you, are, you are concerned about words. No, 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 no. Uh, Pastor Tim, uh, that thing that happened, she said, if I meet her, I will kill her. And the lady said, no. I said, if I meet her, I will care for her. She said, no, 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 no. She said, kill. And the other person to say, no, I said, care. Maybe you got it wrongly. And it's about words, little things. And it can tear entire families. Something can tear your own soul. And you are coming to church, but you are dead, living dead. This is a woman that Jesus was speaking to, and, and she came to, to, to the well to fetch water and all that. And Jesus said, Go, go and call, go and call your husband. And what did she tell Jesus? I, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, Yes, you've been truthful. See, sometimes people think sinners are not truthful. But I present to you this evening a sinner that is honest, a sinner that is truthful. Look, if you sin, it's not your issue. The Bible said the devil sinned from the beginning, 1 John 3, 8. It is the devil who sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy all the works of the devil. So if you are a vessel and the enemy happens by chance through circumstances and situations and something happens wrong, it's not your business. It's the enemy wanting to take over your conscience, your intellect, your heart, your mind, and then you feel justified that, oh, yes, I'm a sinner. But even when you are a sinner, you don't acknowledge it but you cover it up. The Bible says, he that covers his sin shall not prosper, shall not go forward, shall not have an open door of God's refreshment, God's refreshing, God's visitation, and all that. But this is a very truthful sinner. And so even if you are a sinner here, I just came to tell you that you are, I'm not asking you to be truthful, but I'm saying 
You are what? Truthful. You are truthful if you acknowledge your sins. I don't know what your sins are. I have sins in my life. You don't have to tell me your sins. But Jesus knows your sins. He knows your heart. He knows the state of your heart. And when the word of God comes to you, stop making pastors think that there was a way they had to pray before coming to preach that they didn't really pray properly. So the word couldn't work on you, couldn't work on me. I got so much this morning from the word, but I don't know about you. But this evening we are gathered here to learn about the story. Jesus ordered all his disciples, don't go outside. Go to the household of Israel and preach to them. Don't go to Samaria. Yet he himself broke the rule. And sometimes God breaks so many rules to protect us, to get to us, to bring us the truth. God goes beyond. God has protected you, done so many things. And you can realize that if my sins were to be counted, to be used to judge me, I wouldn't be where I am. God has broken so many things just to make sure that the enemy is the one bringing sins your way, enticing you to do it so he can condemn you. And Jesus is always coming and saying, I'm not condemning you. I'm, Come, I receive you just the way you are. Leave the devil. I don't care about what he has done. You have taken five husbands. And, and you, know, you, know, you know the punishment for adultery in those days is death. You have to be stoned to death. So they took that woman to Jesus. You heard that story. You know that story. Ah, yes. This is him. This is her. Lord, we caught her in the very act. But if you caught her in the act, there should be two. Where is the other one? But Jesus said, that's not my business. My business is, this woman is not condemned. So, okay, all of you who are standing here, each of you who have never sinned, raise the biggest stone and cast it first. Then the chief Pharisee looked at the other one and remembered that you, the other time, when the woman came for counseling, you were kissing her. Do you remember? And then this person turned around and said, you, you stole that money the other time. And I saw it. Do you remember? And you the other time. And so Jesus stooped down, writing, and then all he could hear was, boop, boop, boop. What was it? The huge stones are dropping. They were dropping the stones. And they all left. And Jesus lifted up his head and said, Woman, where are your accusers? And she answered, another honest woman. They are gone. If they are gone, you are free. I condemn you not. Go your way and sin no more. And this evening, if somebody would just be honest in his heart, that it's not all right. The chemistry is not, it's not accurate between me and my God. I have to make things right with God. If somebody would just be honest, 
There's the power of God in this church. I don't know any other power that you want. That comes from the word. Somebody will just be honest in your own corner. Brighten the corner where you are. Your heart. Where the darkness is. Allow the light to shine in it. Allow the light to shine in it. For the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehends it. Let me tell you this. Anytime somebody says, uh, 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 it's not time for me to give my life to Jesus about this kind of preaching, he's lying. Because if the word of God came truly as light and it shines, there is no way the darkness in your heart can comprehend it, can stand it. But one thing, the deception of the devil to procrastinate, to postpone, and you never know. Maybe tonight you are going home. We are not going to see you again. I'm not predicting death for anybody. Today is your last day on earth. I don't know. I'm here in Ireland. I'll get to 24 hours, several 24 hours before 1st October that I'll be leaving. I don't know whether I'll see my children again or not. But if I die right now, will I go to heaven? If that answer is yes, then I'm okay. The rest, God will take over the children. God will take care of whoever. If you should die tonight and Jesus is asking you, where are your sins? Go and call me your husband. So Jesus is going to say, oh, go and call me that sister. This woman was asked, where is your word? Husband. And Jesus was trying to get to something. I don't have a husband. But you are coming from the room of a man this morning to come and fetch water and go and clean up and, and, and wash and did, do those things and for him to have food to eat breakfast and go. That's what Jesus was saying. But you are coming from a How did you know? But if Jesus is to ask you, go and call me that sister. Jesus is getting to the issue about the relationship between you and that sister. The quarrel that is hanging between you and that brother. In this church, in your home, your workplace, wherever, you must make things right with God. It's not me. This is the word of God. It's not me. The thing about this woman is that, but the Bible says she perceived that Jesus was the prophet. In verses 19, she perceived that Jesus was the prophet. In our sins, Sometimes we become stiff-necked. And what Jesus is saying, like you will read in Hebrews 3.8, Hebrews 3.15, he said, today when you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. He says, today, when you hear the voice, harden not your heart. Make things right with God. Sometimes we, we, we leave Christianity to the extent that the church becomes like a social club gathering of association of lawyers, association of engineers, association of tailors, so everybody come in their pride. Yeah, my firm is better than your firm. I am righteous than you. So when we stand up here and we preach, when the pastor stand up here and, and speaks the word of God, everybody is seeing himself as, if I go forward to make myself right with God, he would think I'm a sinner. She would think, I'm a sinner, your next door neighbor. And then your next door neighbor, I mean the person seated next to you. Or whoever it is that you have some graduates. But who cares? Jesus doesn't care about those things. Hey, woman, go call me. Go, 
Go, if I ask you, go call me that man. Go call me that sister. He says, where's your husband? I don't know the names. Go call me your husband. There's an area. There's something you are involved in that's not right between you and your girl. If Jesus should question you about that, would you say, I'm wrong like this woman? And if you are wrong, then let's make things right. Or you will let go. Praise the Lord. The Samaritan woman was faithful to acknowledge her wrong ways, sins, and she was waiting for an encounter that when the Messiah will come. You read verses 25. She says that, yes, I know the Messiah will come. And he says, but, but we are waiting for the Messiah. When the Messiah come, I know that's the time I'll, I'll, I'll give my life to him. So this is a woman that was faithful. She knows, yeah, I know I'm a prostitute. I know I'm an adulterer. I know I steal people's husband. I, I have no power of my own to save myself. That's what she's saying. But I know there is a Messiah that has been promised that he will come. When he comes, he's going to help me out. And Jesus said in 26, I that speaks with you, I am he, I'm the Messiah. And the Messiah is in the volume of this book. The words that I speak unto you, they are life. They are spirit and they are life. There is life in the word of God. I am that Messiah, so Jesus has come. You see, sometimes a great aspect of the scriptures makes us understand that people didn't perceive that Jesus was Christ, even to, to, to an extent, his disciples. So that Peter was awarded an, an, a name that upon thee I shall build the kingdom of God. You know, when he confessed that Jesus, Jesus said, who, say, who do you say that I am? What do men say that I am? When Jesus asked them that question, you remember? And then they say you are like uh, good names. Isaiah, Elijah, this. Okay, but what do you people say that I am? Everybody became mute. But you are Jesus. What do you want us to say? Everybody was in, but you are Jesus. What do you want us to say? When you die and go, you will be in the names of the prophet that has come. So what do you want us to say? And Peter said, God opened Peter's eyes. And Peter said, no, you are the Messiah. So out of the 11, out of the 12, only one recognized the rest just followed and believed. What do they mean? This guy, the Messiah? Well, anyway, he's working miracles. He's raising the dead. And when we are following, we, get, we are the next in command. So we will follow. Leave that his Messiah thing. Jesus said, I'm the Messiah. I have come. Christ has come here. Christ is here. He's been speaking these words to you over and over in diverse ways through different pastors, through the pastor of this church, the angel of this church, Pastor Tim, many others have been coming here. When are you waiting? How many are we in, the, in this congregation? If the trumpet should blow right now, are you going to go? Will you go? Or you are like this woman that is saying, yeah, I'll be in my sins little by little when the Messiah comes. No, too late. The Messiah is what? He's here. In the word of God. And may you receive the Messiah. Let the Messiah come into your heart. It's not about age. Young man, 
you believe in all these Darwinian theory, you believe in all these. I was asking a question. Yesterday I was with Pastor Tim's great family. We were at Steve, Stephen's place. It's Stephen, right? And I met his father, and the man knows so much. And and young men, I asked the question: should if if Dublin, right? Ireland, Dublin had voted for abortion, uh, uh, whatever, legalization, whatever it is. Um, so when I was watching in Ghana in, on Al Jazeera, BBC News, I thought it was, it was here. So I asked you, and then he, I, I texted him and said, ah, what's going on? You guys, have you voted for this? He said, no, 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 it's Dublin. This is Belfast. So I said, okay, Belfast. Oh, okay, I get the difference. Now, so I asked, I've asked him already, and I've also asked um, Daddy when I met him yesterday, and he said, no, 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 in this generation of youngsters, um, if we should open the referendum again, he is sure abortion will be legalized. They will vote for it. And let me ask those young men in our midst, why? Why would you vote for that? Where is your heart? Jesus said, Paul, Paul said in Galatians 3, he said, he said yeah, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? What it means is they know the truth. Bewitchment is when you know the truth and by virtue of other informations, you have accepted the lie and you are standing for the lie instead of the truth to the extent you have moved from just accepting the lie as the truth to now obey the instruction of what? The lies. That's bewitchment. He didn't say there were witches and witchcraft traveling astral projections. The belief. Who has bewitched you? When you stop ob obedience to the truth, you have been bewitched. When you stop obeying the truth, you have been... And what is obedience? Obedience is doing what is said to be done. This thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not take an innocent blood. That's it. What is all this things. You, you have very advanced medical system. We should be talking in Ghana about abortion and all that, not here. You guys have very advanced medical system. You can hardly die in, in pregnancy. This is a satanic agenda and, and people are not seeing. You've been blinded. You can't see it. So what's in your heart, young men? Is it drinking? If pastor comes to church and starts talking about drinking, drinking alcohol and, and boozing and, and you, you get drunk, no, 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 I'll stop that church. Oh, you are not condemned. Don't worry, you are not condemned. You are being called out of that enslavement, rather. You are being called out of that enslavement, rather. And, and you look at John 10, 10, and he said that, he said, the devil coming up but what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. And when you read verses 11, and, and, and also that for, for, for him to, be, to become our good shepherd. Who is the shepherd? That is the shepherd of this church, the pastor. So God will give you a shepherd who is to be guiding you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But look at it, two things. The rod is for correction. When you hold the rod, you hit the animal, the back of the cow. Pop! 
and he turns the direction. Then they have a long staff. They lift it up like that, and they'll be following the staff, the direction of that. Thy rod and thy staff comfort. So, so rebuke and direction brings comfort. Why do you want to build a church where they don't rebuke? They, and what is rebuke? Rebuke is not speaking against you. Rebuke is speaking against the things that the enemy is trying to use you to do so that you, you, you stop it. But because you are doing it, you think it is you. It's not you. It's the devil using you. And we are rebuking the devil. But just that he finds a vessel that he is what? Using. If you happens to be the one do you have to kill me because I tell you the truth? Paul said, would you rise against me because I tell you the truth? So be it. If I come to preach about this and about that, pastor comes to talk about this and about that, they will say, oh, that sister was there at that time. He has gone to gossip to pastor Tim. So he has just speak a scripture and he's claiming he's preaching the, the word of God and, 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 and he's gossiping in, in the pulpit. So we don't know what to preach anymore because everything you preach is gossip. The Holy Spirit is no more there speaking to the pastor. Everything the pastor says, if it's a, if it's a revelation, if it's something that opens up uh, uh, some, some secret things, hidden things that, is, that are being revealed, oh, it's, it's a gossip. It's a gossip. Somebody gossip to him. Okay, let's say it's a gossip. Is it true or false? Let's even assume and agree that it's a gossip. Is it true? My children... Every time I have to call another one and caution them, the other one has told me something. So when I go to the other one and I say, hey, your sister said you did this and did that, he will tell me that because it's a gossip, that it go away. No. Jesus is talking to you. So because it's a gossip, the word of God should be thrown away. Don't throw the word of God away. Receive it. Receive the correction. Whichever way, whether it is by, by mystery, mystery preaching, by the mystery of God, he, the preaching speaks to you, or by gossip, by hook or crook, accept it. Accept it. Just be yourself. Praise the Lord. Can I hear hallelujah? Praise the Lord. Yeah. And, 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 and so you read from verses 39 to 43 is realized that Jesus did not condemn them, but rather many more believed and received Christ. Many more believed and received Christ. And Matthew 11, 20 said, All ye that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me, and I'll give you what? Rest. Take upon me my yoke, for my yoke is easier, my burden is light. Vice versa, whichever one. You know you are, it's a yoke. It's a yoke to be keeping those things in your heart. Young man drinking, young man chasing women, following women, and young man wanting a pastor to preach some, some, I don't know, whatever message, some, he must turn the world upside down before you believe. And you are comparing what the pastor is preaching to what your professor is saying. Oh, I tell my people, if I've preached to you for, for all these three years and you are going to university, when I'm sending them off to the university, and you go listening to some professor who comes to talk to you every 45 minutes for only three years, and you change from what you have known from childhood. The Bible said, Timothy, keep on to what you have known from childhood. 
Keep on to what you have known from childhood. You went to senior high, you went to college, whatever they call it here, you went to university, and so what? It's a lot. Look, I'm doing law. And in the law class, you virtually can find Christians. But I've come to believe, seeing one thing if you have proper foundation in Christ, nothing can overturn your belief if you decide to stay faithful to it. Young man, young woman, you have just decided to go um, adventuring. You went to adventure. Okay, let me test what the pastor has been saying. What my mom has been saying. She's an old woman. They go to church and they talk about the Bible. But let's see what these people have to say. The blood of Jesus bless your mom and dad and whatever the system is. And uh, they have financed you or pay your life into school. And what the blood of Jesus has blessed your parents with, that is funding your life. You are using that platform to go and receive the devil? No. No. So, come on to Jesus. In all this journey as we read, there was no condemnation measured to this woman. So, the question I ask right now as I conclude is, what are your sins? Name them. Name your sins. List them. Isaiah 1.18 solves that problem. Can we read Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18? What are your sins? What are the difficulties? And you have been thinking, this thing I have done, I have to cut myself, I have to be doing this, I have to fast 30 days, I have to do 40 days, I have to do this, I have to do that in order to be right with God. No, 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 no. It's a simple deal. Come to him. Isaiah 1, 8. 18, Isaiah 1, 18. Am I in Isaiah? Where am I? Yeah, 1, 18. It says, come now and let us reason together. God is not a dictator. Let's reason. Okay, you tell me, tell me your views. Come on, say it. Say every views you have. The woman, Jesus says, say your views. Talk, say your views. Hey, you don't have water. You don't have uh, what to pick anything. No problem. See, keep saying your view. And I will just keep telling the word of God. Jesus will keep saying the fact that your soul must be born again. Your soul must be saved. You must be in right standing with the Lord. Jesus is not coming to fight you, to condemn. Hey, I came and died on the cross of Calvary for you. So if, 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 you know what it costed me my head? You know what it costed me my blood? You know the cost of it, and you are here sinning, and he will, he will kill you. No, 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 no. He has that justification, rather, to be the one chopping people's head off. But it's the opposite. Because the way he laid down his life, he says, you too, lay down your life. But the life of, of Jesus is being laid down for you every day. Please accept him in, in, the, in the corner of your heart. Whatever the pain is, whatever Whatever it is, don't let the devil steal you from, from, from your salvation, from your relationship with Christ because of some little bitterness, some little lifestyle. No, don't allow it. 
So come, let's reason. Keep talking. Tell me what you think. And what did Jesus said? So well, whatever you sum up in saying that I have killed, I have committed abortion, I have done this, I have done that, I have murdered, I have stolen, I have, I'm a drunkard, I'm a drug addict, I sniff cocaine, whatever it is, I disrespect, I've insulted pastors, I have fought, I'm, I'm a gangster, I'm in a gang, whatever it is, I have stolen, corrupt. What does Jesus say? That's not a problem. Say the Lord. Come now, let us reason together. Say the Lord. Okay? Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What is wool? White. Snow, white. If the color is red, your hands are stained. What is it? Even if you think your hands are stained with blood, forget about it. The enemy did that so that you can be condemned to go into eternal hell with him. But I have laid down my life for you already. I have paid that price already. So come out from among them and be here separate. And the word of the Lord for you tonight, for us tonight, is that you are not condemned. If somebody told you you are condemned, you are not condemned. But always when you are, you are rescued from a fire, or a military action where you are saved from a kidnapping or whatever, or a, a fire outbreak and you are rescued, you are put on a safe grounds and you are told, don't go into the fire anymore. So yeah, you are not condemned. But you don't, don't go back to that deed anymore. Have you seen somebody rescued from fire? And then when they brought him, and they resuscitated him. He got life back briefing. Then he would get up, run back into the fire. Have you seen that before? No, 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 no. It's, it's not. So Jesus told the woman, go and sin no more. Come to Jesus today. You are not condemned. And that life that will come to you is sufficient and enough to keep you in purity, in righteousness, in a right standing with the Lord. And forever, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be living a life without sins no more. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but if you do not believe in Mark 16, 16, he said, go and preach the gospel. Those that believe and be baptized shall be saved. Those that does not believe are what? Condemned. Or are damned. D-A-M-N. Damn. Damnation. And, 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 and you check it in John 3, 18. He said, those that believe are condemned. So when it is saying you are not condemned, it is rather because you are already condemned. You have been condemned by the devil to, to go to hell, by the things you are hanging on. But Jesus is saying the hell that has been prepared for you, for the devil, the hell prepared for the devil which he has succeeded in making you qualify to go into that hellfire, makes you condemned. But I have come that ye might have life, such that I am taking you out of that condemnation. So you are not condemned. The devil says you are condemned. Jesus says you are not condemned. Come unto me, oh yeah, that labor, and I will give you rest. And I pray this evening that whatever it is, let go. Let go and make things right with the Lord. And I want to throw the invitation of the Lord and not my invitation, not Pastor Tim's invitation to you. So we can pray together. 
and believe God for a right standing with him. Not a right standing by our righteousness, but a right standing made possible by the righteousness of God. For our righteousness is a filthy rag before him. But his shed blood that clothes us, covers our sins, covers our righteousness. So when people see us, what color do you see here? Blue. Is it blue? Can I hear yes? Is it blue? Say it louder, blue. Say blue. What's this color? What's this color? I've covered it. Okay. That white and this white. Which was this color? Good. Are you seeing the here? No. It's covered. So the righteousness of God comes to cover our sins. And so we are righteous in Christ Jesus. But it's when you accept the invitation to make things right. Pastor Tim, I'm giving invitation out from the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is here. You want to bow down your heads with me? And I want to call Pastor Tim to join me here. I want you to bow down your head with me. And please take one minute to set your hearts with the Lord. Close your eyes. Set your hearts with the Lord. We must make things right with the Lord. That devil is a liar. He can never steal our joy. He can never steal our peace. He can never steal our quality relationship. What, what does it profit a man when he gains the whole world and loses also? I want you to pray in yourself. Make things right with the Lord.